Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. Today we speak with Jerko Zuvela. He's the CEO of Argosi Minerals. They have lithium assets in Argentina and the US. We discussed their pilot plant updates. They had some exceptional results recently. We also talk about their need to fund their 2,000 tonne per annum plant and if they're actually going to be able to do that anytime soon. Plus, he gives us a refreshingly honest appraisal of the lithium market today. Hi, Jerko. How are you? Very good, thanks. Yeah, we spoke in August, um, and you gave us a run through then. But can you kick off and give us a one-minute summary now for people new to the story, please? Yep, uh, lithium brine project in Argentina, in Salta province. We've uh, taken a different approach. We've developed a evaporation ponds, built them over the last couple of years, built a pilot plant, got into production by the pilot plant, got a sales arrangement with um, Mitsubishi. We're looking to uh, start delivering product into them early next year. Uh, the main aim, though, is moving forward with the commercial stage of the project. And the next step of that is an interim modular plant of 2,000 tonnes per annum. We're seeking about $15 million US finance for that, uh, with an aim to, to move forward to the full commercial scale of 10,000 tonnes per annum over the next couple of years. Good man, good man. Okay, so last time we talked, so you kind of explained that you're sort of you know, chemical processors rather than miners. But I th still think we've got to talk about the lithium market, if, if you don't mind, just because if people are, are if people need to buy into the lithium thesis to be able to make an investment in here. So it was tough when we spoke in August. Has much changed? Uh, no, it's probably, you know, it's, it's still treading around where it's been for the last few months. And, uh, you know, the main issues have been around overproduction. And that's probably come mostly from here in Australia, the spodumene stockpiles. Um, so most of the, the end users we're speaking to are saying, you know, they, they can secure product uh, pretty easily from, you know, from existing producers and, and those converters in China. And uh, that's just creating a malaise in the market. And it makes it a little bit difficult for the rest of us trying to get projects up and running. Well, yeah, it totally does. I think when we talked last time, we talked about JP Morgan's forecast, 7,000 bucks sometime into 2021. I mean... Is, do you think that will be the case or do you think the market's going to turn before then? I'm an eternal optimist, especially in the lithium space, Martin. Um, but, you know, you see all those analyst forecasts for, for EVs, batteries and so forth and uh, gigafactories and so forth. If, if that all is even half coming true over the next seven or eight years, then there's going to there needs to be production coming from lithium in the next couple of years. So if People can understand that and uh, you know, the strategic groups want to be a part of that, then they need to invest in that. And um, again, we're trying to set ourselves up to be in a position that you know, we can benefit from that. But I'm hopeful over the next 12 to 18 months that we do see a bit of a turnaround once these stockpiles sort of uh, are either reduced or, or, or removed from the market um, during that time. Okay, well, so there's two, there's two things there. I think you know, I think the general consensus is this ED revolution is coming. Speaking to some of the uh, nickel guys, cobalt guys, even tin guys, they're thinking this thing is two years out. So people talking the language of EV revolution are going to change their fortunes today. I think perhaps a little bit optimistic or misguided. Um, but when it does turn, where precisely are you going to sit with with regards to lithium? Because there's of the there's there's different types of lithium and there's different lithium out, um, you know, outputs. So where are you positioning yourselves for when you, it does get going? Yeah, we think with our processing expertise and our processing expert in, in Argentina, Pablo Loralde, that you know, we, we are producing very high quality battery grade lithium carbonate. 
Um, we are producing that from the pilot plant. We are testing it. We are going to be shipping that uh, early next month to you know, a renowned international customer. So we're, we're very confident in our quality. We've also tested for lithium hydroxide as well, high quality we can achieve there. So we are very much aiming for the high end battery right. quality lithium cathode um, market, predominantly in Japan, hopefully. Right. So and we'll, we'll, we'll get onto the projects and the and the pilot plant, et cetera, in a second. But let me understand, so why, why aim for the carbonate and even the hydroxide? Why there? That's, that's where the cathode manufacturers require that product. That's what they need to put into their cathodes. So we, you know, to feed that EV future market, we need to be producing what those cathode manufacturers want. And, and at the moment, it is carbonate and hydroxide are the, are the growth markets. Right. And so if, the, if, if we are a couple of years away, from you know meaningful numbers in the market, so, you know these gigafactories, etc., and meaningful uh, quantities of you know lithium, cobalt, nickel, tin being required for the for the EV revolution. Is there an interim step? Is there an interim phase that you guys have thought about in terms of monetizing what you've got, which is you know a reasonable lithium resource? No, listen, we've had a similar strategy from the start um, with our capacity and capabilities. We think that is where the best bang for buck is for our shareholders and we'll continue to pursue that. Obviously, you know, the last 12, 18 months has, has been a bit difficult. If we need to see it out for another, you know, whatever period, whether it's a year or two, uh, we're well placed. We've got plenty of funds. We've, like I said, we've got that pilot plane in operation. We feel reasonably confident that we're going to get that 2,000 tonne per annum plant uh, developed you know, in, in, in the short term. And, um, you know, we can feed the market with, with that amount of product given it's it's not a lot. And uh, that remains our, our core focus and strategy. Um, but at the same time, as we discussed last time, uh, we do have that uh, asset in the US. We can look to do some value adding to that project and, and take that from a very low base to hopefully something a bit more over the coming year or so. Okay, so there is no plan B. It's, it's, it's plan A and then a hunkered down version of plan A which is you'll just preserve cash. Is that what I'm hearing? Definitely. Uh, we have to make sure that um, we look after our, our funds that have been you know, given to us by shareholders. That is definitely the aim in these tough times, for sure. Okay. Well, let's talk about cash towards the end, because um, I think it's important to understand how, when you say preserve cash, what that means. And with regard to um, Tunipa, you know, what does that mean in terms of exploring any monetization component there? Let's get on to the pilot plant. You had some quite good results, didn't you? Very good results. We're achieving plus 99.5% lithium carbonate content, which is you know the battery quality sort of benchmark. We're up to almost 99.8% uh, uh, with very low impurities. And, and that's probably the, the key factor, the very low impurities. Mm -hmm. uh, with that processing technology and expertise, we feel that the quality we are achieving is, is you know, comparable to the, the best quality uh, carbonate producers worldwide. Right, so Mitsubishi must be quite pleased. Um, you're going to be shipping out soon your first five tons, presumably to Mitsubishi. I, I couldn't see that in the in the release. Right. You're right. Okay. Yep, and and then what happens? What do they do with that? What are you hoping out of to get out of that? Well, obviously, um, you know what that does is validate and verify what we've been doing for the last couple of years. Uh, it allows us to keep moving forward as well. Uh, we've got a sales agreement for up to 100 tons of product. So we'll keep producing uh, that good quality stuff. And all that does is keep verifying to whether it's Mitsubishi or any other strategic groups that are requiring uh, good quality lithium carbonate material that, you know, they should be speaking to us. And obviously that sort of uh, moves into what we're trying to do next is, is build that next stage plant, that 2000 tonne per annum plant. 
and, and securing funding for that. So all we're trying to do is uh, keep going with what we're doing to, to further validate and you know, give a, a chance to, to bring some funding in um, to, to take that next step. What else did you learn during the pilot plant phase? It's not very easy to produce lithium carbonate at battery quality. Uh, even with an expert who's, who's been doing it for 30 years, uh, it's very challenging. And I think that's why some of our peers have realized how difficult it is. And you know, some of the, the big companies, um, you know, I, I think one of the main producers, Oricobre, have, have shown that they struggle to, to reach very high quality material. Uh, we've seen Galaxy with their recent announcements uh, targeting a, a primary lithium carbonate material. Um, so it's, it's not easy to achieve. Um, and that's where we think we stand out from our peers and even our seniors that um, we think we've got the, the right expertise and uh, technology to, to produce the good stuff. So that must be quite frustrating, obviously, with prices as they are today and perhaps where they will continue to go until this thing bottoms out. Very frustrating to have kind of cracked the formula and then not be able to monetize it in the way that you thought you would, say, two years ago when things were good. Yeah. And what we see is just everyone lumps us in, you know, these strategic groups, these end users lump us all in the same basket as, as every other junior who's, you know, perhaps behind us in terms of uh, doing what we've done. Uh, but you get lumped in the same basket because um, no one's prepared to to take that next step because, uh, you know, they're conservative with their with their investments. Mm. We haven't seen a lot of investments in the junior lithium space in the last 12 or 18 months. Um, and you just got to crack that, that, you know, you got to have the mentality that, um, you know, you got to keep going because we are different. We can achieve different things. And you just got to find that right partner who, who has the same belief as us to, to take the, the step with us and move forward. But it's, 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 it's very much a wait and see environment at the moment because people are looking for price to come back or some clues that price might come back. But that, that's not the sentiment at the moment. So it, again, I appreciate the frustration and there's going to be a lot of juniors sitting on assets who don't have the technical know-how that you guys do, who I would really question how they move forward or how they continue to survive or why people should even fund them, let alone invest in them. So, it, right, we'll move on though. That's a, that's a much bigger topic. I'll just, I'll just add to that. And obviously we're seeing that here, especially in Australia and, uh, and what we're seeing in North America, these spodumene uh, producers have you know, gone into care and maintenance, gone into administration with some of them, gone into you know, cost blowouts and all that sort of stuff. So it's very challenging. And, and that again, just makes it all the more difficult for the juniors. But hopefully that rationalization will be a benefit for the guys that do stick around, do preserve their funds and keep going and, and try to keep progressing. And hopefully um, you know, the, the guys that keep trying um, uh, you know, the ones rewarded at, you know, at the next step. Well, let's talk about that before we move on to the plant uh, itself, the main plant itself then. I mean, what is your thinking at the moment? You, you, last time we spoke, you had about seven million, seven and a half million bucks in, I think it was August. Um, you, you've been pr moving things along. You said you wouldn't spend too much money in the States. I don't know, I assume that's the case. Um, how long can you continue to survive if you did say well look let's just 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 rein things back a bit until we think the time is right i mean it, first of all one is that your strategy and two you know what, what does that timeline look like uh well that strategy or that timeline uh, based on our current expenditure and our recent quarterly report we've got enough money to last at least the next two years so you know if we need to cut back a bit that's fine um, but based on current operations which is keep that pilot plant working um, you know, we're, we're pretty good for two years. Obviously, you don't want to come down to your last dollar, but 
um, you know, we will be very conscious with our budget. Um, and the strategy has to be, while these times are tough uh, and others perhaps are slowing down or, or, or doing other things, we need to keep moving as hard as we can to, to attract that right, you know, strategic party. Well, there's, I mean, there's the nail on the head. You've got to get people interested in what you've got. And there's a whole bunch of other conversations going on. Let's face it, you know, your Mitsubishi MOU is no more than an option for them. It's a small amount of money. But you've proved phase one, which is you're technically competent, should things turn around, should the market turn around. Um, but ha- what are the conversations that you are having to maintain to position yourselves over the next 12 months, maybe 24 months? Yeah, these large groups, you know, and, and specifically, I guess, these larger Japanese conglomerates, they, you know, they're not generally funding into greenfields or grassroots projects. They prefer expansion projects or, or well-developed projects. So they've told us, you know, um, progress, get that 2,000 tonne per annum plant built, and then we can look at, you know, moving to commercial 10,000 tonne per annum scale. Doesn't help us in the short term, but you know we're we've lined up the next stage, but we got to you know we got to walk before we can jump, and we got to find these groups that are prepared to come in a little bit earlier and see where they can assist. Well, yeah, you need fifteen million bucks to get that plant up and running. So, I mean, given you've done you've done stage one, is it disappointing that they haven't said at least they'll come in for some of stage two, which is you know build a two thousand ton brown plant? Very much so. Very you know frustrating for not only myself but our shareholders as well, because you know again. As you've said, we think we've got the, the skill sets and we've done what we needed to do to take, take that next step. And we just haven't been able to deliver on that, which is obviously disappointing and, and uh, you know, hard to accept given we think, you know, we're a cut above. Um, but, you know, market is the market and, um, you know, we're not seeing a lot of other corporate activity in, in the junior space in lithium. So, again, maybe that's a bit of solace for us, but no excuses. And, you know, we'll, we'll keep working hard until we, we crack, the, crack that nut. Okay, and by cracking that nut is finding someone who's willing to come up with 15 million bucks to build this 2,000 tonne per annum plant, yeah? So where are you with that? We're having lots of discussions. Uh, We're up in Japan um, only six weeks ago, having some good discussions uh, with our existing uh, parties like Mitsubishi, but also others who who are keen to, to have a look. So we're advancing in those discussions. You know, groups want to do site visits, groups are considering propositions. Uh, outside of that, um, you know, parties that want to that traditionally aren't in the lithium space. I think we've seen Uranium One slash Rosatom make some investments in in the lithium space in recent times. Uh, so, you know, there is outside parties that do want to come into that lithium space. So we're investigating those possibilities. Uh, we're having discussions regularly. We're making progress, um, but just these things take time, unfortunately. And you know, with this time of year now, um, you know, we just probably got to wait a little bit. Um, but that sort of coincides with us anticipating the approvals for the the stage two plant or the next stage plant. Uh, Hopefully that aligns and hopefully in the first quarter next year, we can, you know, present some options to to our board and to our shareholders to consider. And, you know, we can put it all to bed and and start building. Uh, The boys in Argentina are ready to get going as soon as we get the approvals and the finance. Hopefully that's not too far off, but, you know, hopefully first quarter next year, we we can start that process. Is, so the, the permits are not contingent on the financing and the financing's not contingent on the permitting, is it? Well, listen, there's probably a little bit of overlap, but, you know, the discussions to date um, haven't really specified the contingency on both, but obviously you probably will only access the funding once the approvals are, are granted. Uh, but we've had some progress on that in the last uh, couple of weeks and, and we expect them not to be too far off. 
Okay, so remind me of the economics. Last time we spoke, you said that you will be a low quartile cost producer. What? Get, get, remind me what the economics are for the plant if you got this thing running at full capacity. From the PEA for the full capacity of 10,000 tonnes per annum, we're looking at about $4,600 per tonne. And that's probably, you know, most producers are between four to probably $5,000 per tonne uh, or the, the top quality producers. So, um, you know, that we, we, we feel that we fit into that category. Most uh, converters in China and so forth are above that price, given they're probably operating at, you know, a very small margins or even perhaps less. Uh, we feel pretty comfortable that our OPEX, our forecast OPEX is well and truly um, in the range where it can support, you know, what's the market at the moment, about 280,000 tonnes per annum of product. Um, you know, we, we fit our product and our pricing into, into, those, um, into those numbers. Yeah, because again, you talk about, you know, Australia, Argentina, Chile pumping more product into market over the next, next couple of years. It's going gonna, it's gonna to keep prices low. But at 4600 bucks, even if we add a 20, 30%, even if you're doing it at 6000 bucks, you're still in the money. Is that would that not yeah, be enough of a proof case for someone to go? Well, let's get it built, and then when market recovers, we're you know starting like yeah. ahead of everyone. We we think it is. So even in this tough market, you know, let's say prices are seven and a half, seven thousand dollars a ton. Obviously, our Cobra's forecast a lot lower, but theirs is a lower quality product. We feel um, so. You know, for that better quality product, there's still a decent margin. Um, it's just about you know the financing structures and and how much of a margin you need to ensure you can. You can cover your your your, your, your debt provisions. Uh, obviously, like I said, we've seen some of the Australian guys here suffer in that regard. So we want to ensure we we don't put our shareholders and our company in that position. But you know, we think even at you know slight recovery in price or at least a bit of stabilisation in price that you know we can we can get moving forward. It's just someone who's prepared to or parties that are prepared to to get involved. And at the moment, um, you know, when you when you need a floor price in your sales agreement. That's the, the challenge that um, parties don't want to be paying a higher floor price than what they can buy in the market. Okay, so you talked earlier on about you know plan A, no plan B, um, but you also talked about a lot of trotting up to Japan, right? But why Japan? Where else? Who else are you talking to, and what types of deals are you constructing here? Because it seems to me you've got the flexibility to create very funky type funding deal for this plant if you if you need to, because your if your capex sorry your capex requirement isn't huge. Um, you're, you're producing at quite, you know, an attractive rate. Why can't you get different types of funders or pot potentially just investors? Let, forget strategic investors, just investors. The numbers still work, don't they? Yeah, but at the same time, investors are scared when they've seen these failures in, in these other projects in lithium. So, um, you know, it doesn't matter how good yours look. And I think, you know, we've, we've, we've had some discussions recently with a group and, um, you know, they need to, you know, the... The forecast numbers through feasibility studies aren't um, perhaps as strong as what you know these investors would like, uh, just because of the difficulties others have faced based on their forecasts through feasibility. So perhaps they don't put as much emphasis on those numbers and the economics uh, on paper as they do in in real life. And uh, the real life is we're seeing some of these projects fail because the numbers weren't accurate in, in these feasibility studies. So again, another reason why we think this interim sort of step, step-by-step -step process is, is more accommodating for and a lower risk for these investors. Mm. And that's where we think we're gonna get traction over the, you know, hopefully the next uh, short period of time that, you know, someone appreciates that. And, and like you said, they're, 
then then they're in and they can have a first look at that you know that that full commercial scale uh, investment funding and have first crack at it if, if they can support us in the meantime. Okay, so the plant isn't getting built anytime soon. It's not getting funded anytime soon. You're continuing with the permitting process, so it'll be ready when you need it. Um, and you, you're effectively trying to get people interested in this, but the market conditions are not allowing you to. I'm just trying to understand the pain points for a junior CEO, a junior minor CEO, the things that you're dealing with on a daily basis. So it, it's not you don't know what to do. It's a question of you feel your hands are tied behind your back. No, we just we just got to keep you know, kissing and finding that prince that, that comes along. And uh, we're kissing a few frogs at the moment, perhaps, but uh, we think we're going to turn a couple of them into princes. And I don't think it's as far off as perhaps uh, what the rest of the market may feel or the rest of the market may have to wait for. Um, we think we offer something that others don't. And I think people are starting to appreciate or some parties are starting to appreciate that. So uh, again, perhaps the guys we were speaking to in the past weren't quite ready for the stage we wanted to get to as a, maybe a too small a step. Right. But uh, maybe we are speaking to the right people now that you know are prepared to to take a bit of a look at it uh, as, a, as a phased approach and a, as a lower risk approach as well. Right, so when you're talking about um, cutting back on costs and so forth and just you know reining things back in until you've got breathing, so what, what sort of things are you cutting back on? So as we said before, obviously no no real major investment in Tonopar at the moment. Mm. Um, we could go and do a lot more drilling at the project to increase the resource. We've already done some sort of desktop modeling, hydrogeological modeling that we can look to increase the resource substantially by deeper drilling. But no one but cares. Again, all that stuff, no one cares. No, no, no need for it. Yeah, we've got plenty of mile life at the moment. There's no point investing money in the ground. Uh, we'd rather keep it in the bank account. Okay. So what else? What else are you doing in terms of cutting back costs? Well, that's obviously quite substantial. Um, we don't have a lot of staff. Uh, we, you know, even the pilot plant, we're only running that on eight shifts a week rather than a, a full seven day, fourteen shifts per week. Again, just to keep costs down. Don't be burdened by you know um, additional salaries and so forth. But you know, really streamline staffing and and that side of things because besides uh money in the ground your staff costs are, are your next major cost and you know we run a pretty lean mean machine here in perth and 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 also in argentina so we we think we just had our had our um we just did our cash flow forecast for the next 12 months and it's pretty lean and we're pretty cut you know we're pretty much cut everything where we can and um like i said that's why we can sort of last the next couple of years with the funds that we've got okay so when's your agm we're on a calendar year um, basis, so ours is not until uh, probably May next year. Okay, okay, fine. So you, you've got a way, a way to go before you need to start having discussions with the shareholders. I mean, you're getting much feedback or pushback from shareholders at the moment. What, what, what are their concerns? What do you feel? Well, listen, we, we reach out to shareholders regularly, and you know they're all very encouraging. They probably think it should be a little bit easier than uh, what we're encountering. They, they can't all be encouraging. Uh, Come on. What, 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 what are the things you're fielding? No, listen. We do have a good shareholder base. Uh, obviously, the ones that are probably most hurting are the ones that have paid a higher share price, and you know they want to see us achieve quicker to get back to share prices that we have been, you know, in the past. Um, but in terms of solutions, you know, no one's offering us anything more than what we're already considering. So until someone does or got a better idea, and I want to take my job, more than welcome to. If they've got you know better ideas for the company, I'm a shareholder as well. So anything that gets us forward, you know, with a different team or different ideas. We're happy to consider, but like I said, I don't, we're not ha having anything thrown at us that we're not thinking ourselves or not pursuing ourselves. And like I said, we're doing everything we can to to turn the turn the tide. But as I tell shareholders, you know, a lot of it is market sentiment and market driven, and a lot of it you can't control, and it's out of your hands. So 
you know, we'll, you know, at the same time, we'll look at opportunities in these instances because we're we're in the lithium game for the long haul, and we think we'll be successful in the long haul. So, you know, let's see what we can do during these harder times and, and try to make it benefit when when times do turn. What I heard there was you're going to make sure that you are around for when it turns. If it turns, you're going to be there. I think it will turn. Obviously, it's just a question when, but uh, we will definitely be there for sure. Okay, great. And just let me finish off on Argentina. Obviously, it was a few few funky things going on when you were uh, when we last talked about it. I mean, what's it like politically there? Now you talked about a new government, new governor. Is it working? Yep. Out? So, new president has been elected. He's you know he's he's probably. Uh, spoken the right things at the moment. Uh, he's pushing, you know, he, he understands foreign investment is critical to the country. So he's, he's you know, open all minds for opportunities in mining and no change from what's been over the last three or four years. So no change as at the moment. Um, from a provincial level where we are in Salter province, a new governor, Governor Sainz, he's talked the right stuff as well. He understands, especially on the lithium side of things, you know, Salter doesn't have a, a lithium project. So we're very much keen to, to change that. They've been supportive. A new mining secretary has, has started as well, Dr. Ricardo Alonso. He's a good supporter of lithium. He's been involved in lithium in the past. A new production minister that we've got some very good connections with as well and, and so forth. So we feel that you know the, part, the, the, the government officials that have been brought in, they're very supportive of mining and lithium specifically. So we're hoping that you know that translates into good support from, from government and uh, whatever they can do to help us. Uh, as long as we can help ourselves, I'm sure they will. Okay. Sure, okay. Good, good chat. Um, I really appreciate that. The, you know, you've been very, very honest about the situation, you know, and I think that's unusual in this space. So I appreciate that. And I think your shareholders will too. Um, Stay in touch. Let us know, you know, how things, you know, move along. Maybe perhaps get back to us in Q1, and let's sort of see if this thing, if the sentiment starts changing or not. Or some better news from our side of things as well. Uh, if we can, we can get that done in the next quarter as well. I appreciate your time today. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website cruxinvestor.com, and of course our YouTube channel Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming and we'll speak to you again soon.